want to get into the Word right now. I'm just, I'm right there, and I just don't feel like breaking what He has stirring by a lot of announcements. Does that make sense? I hope it does. I've got my tithe ready for later, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, that, that'll take place, but I, I want to get into His Word. We've been talking about God meant. Our overall theme is about seasons and how seasons change. But you know, he never does. He's a seasonless God. Do you realize that? That doesn't mean he doesn't got flavor. He's got all the flavor you could ever ask for. But I, I'm here to tell you that he never changes. His, his word to you never changes. Did you get that? What God has spoken to you, what God has promised you, what he's given us in his word doesn't change. It's not just good for a certain time and then it's no good anymore. Oh, he changed his mind. Or, or, or it's not really what we thought it was. Let me tell you something. Any way the enemy can get you to look at something different than what you know you should from your heart, be seeing it as will thwart you and put you in jeopardy and make you vulnerable every time. And we've been studying the life of Joseph here as we talked about this, and we pulled our text from these verses. Follow with me, would you please? Because we're going to touch these points very quickly that we touched on last week in order to get into the rest of Joseph's life and what God saying. Do not be afraid, Joseph said to them, for... Am I in God's place? Well, they thought, they, they, they thought it was going to kill him. I mean, that's a, that's a reasonable thought, you might say. You know, we, we've taken this poor guy, we kidnapped him, we threw him in a pit, we're going to kill him, we sold him into slavery. Who knows what's going on since then, because we can see something's happened, and now he's risen to the, the, this position, and oh my goodness, uh, he's going to kill us. <laughs> He said, but uh, am I in God's place? Am I the one that's going to bring judgment on you? But as for you, you meant evil. And there was no second guessing. There was no ifs or maybes. But you meant evil against me. But as strongly as that is, he comes right back and says, but God meant it. Meant it for good. In order to bring about this present Results. Whoa. Now, I know we're on this side of things, but try to get into it during the time of it. He said, and, and why? Well, what's the result? To preserve many people alive. That, well, which especially was the family, for they were the carriers of the promise. So, therefore, do, therefore, do not be afraid. I love this part. I will provide for you and your little ones. I'm going to pay your bills. I'm going to make sure you got clothing, a house over your head. I'm going to pay your utilities. I'm going to pay your camel payments. I'm going to take care of you. I, I will provide for you and your little ones. You have nothing to worry about. So he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. That's, that, that's where it ends up. But the journey to it, we see written in Psalm 105, where God is saying this. Now, now, now grab this because hmm, it's not like <coughs> excuse me, it's not like Joseph knew this 
Isaiah says he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters, and he himself was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Wow. Does that not excite you that the word of the Lord will test you? I, you know, as a kid in school, I hated tests. Nothing's changed in my adult life either. But remember, remember, the thing I want you to grab hold on here, it's the promise that these people are carrying. This chosen family. I mean, it, 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 comes, it comes from that they're chosen carriers. And in Genesis 12, for example, we have the story when the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country, and from your relatives, and from your father's house, to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. Well, God's never come and told me that, so why should I think? Do you know who you are in Christ? Yeah, I just told you, dude. But do you realize who you are in Him? Do you realize what has residence within you, who you are vitally joined to, that you are made one with? Do you realize what you carry, who you are? Uh, and I will bless those who bless you, and those who curse you, I will curse it in you. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I say that again. I want to bring it up because from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob and his 12 sons, which include Joseph then, and get, well, the bottom line is, they are, they, they, they are in this, the family. This, this was their inheritance. This is who you are, is what he's saying to them. Bottom line, you are the family that is blessed out of all families on the earth to be a blessing to the families of the earth. Out of all the families on the earth, this family was chosen to be the carrier of the blessing who would be Jesus Christ. Now understand the word blessed. That's where we get it. We think blessed, oh, I've got a thousand dollars to take over. I've been blessed. Uh-uh. That's not the meaning of the word blessing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to get a thousand dollars, but what I'm saying is blessing means you are being served. Now, grab that in perspective. We think of things and circumstances, but do you grab, do you understand that when the Lord blesses you, it is the Lord who is serving you? God served me. Yes, God served you. He, he pictures that. No picture. He, he examples that before the disciples as they come into that room and he wraps the towel around them and carries the base of the water and begins to wash their feet as he's serving them. Now, in order to understand what we get to with Joseph, when he looks at his brothers and says, you meant it for evil. We've got to recognize something in this place. In our lives, in the direction of our lives, in the journeys of our lives, we make choices. 
and our choices matter. In fact, we make choices that are valid choices that God honors. It's called reality, friend. It's a choice. And you need to hear this because He doesn't take away from us the power of choice. We talk about, uh, you know, God allowing, why did God allow this? God could have stopped it. all these other things, blah, 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 blah. God doesn't allow or disallow. He's for us. But the choices that we make are the choices that we make, and they matter, and they continue to matter, and they don't just affect us, they usually affect everyone around us as well. Hello? So, so understand that when the brothers desire with passion to, 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 to give evil to another, to kill Joseph, to get him out of the tired of this kid, and we went over why, God doesn't take away from them the power of choice. And, and obviously, Joseph recognizes that. For again, he says, as for you, you meant evil against me. Your passion was to kill me, to get rid of me, to destroy me. And God came along and sat down beside his campfire. And he heard what you meant. And he said, but all be it for good. How many know God changes everything? Meant very simply is an intention. You know what I'm talking about? I mean it. Oh, you didn't mean to say I meant to say that. Oh, you didn't mean to do I meant to do that. This afternoon I'm going to sit down in front of that food in front of me and I'm going to say I mean to eat all this. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that the intensity of the intention, I mean it. I mean it. We talked about the story of Joseph. We, we talked about that last week. And, and him as a kid and how he and what took place in his dreams and all those things that come up to the point where he, he ends up now as, as on the side of a camel in a basket in fetters and chains crouched in a crawling position, and he gets into Egypt. Egypt, okay? I mean, here, here's a 17-year-old kid in Egypt. He don't know nothing but Hebrew. And, and, and he's got all these things happening from, from this to Potiphar. And, 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 and remember this statement, because I, I want to remind us that if he had responded to the circumstances, he would have said, I've had it with God. I've had it. I'm done. I've lived accordingly. I've done what I, I, I know I'm supposed to be doing. I've lived up to certain Where's God now? Why do you allow this stuff to happen? No, I'm good. Oh, I'm tired. If he had responded to the circumstances, he would have said, I'm done. But I'm here to tell you that is a helpless imagination. That's what bitterness and anger does. It creates scenes and sounds in your head. And even I can just see them now. God just ripped them apart. Blah blah blah. You know it's okay to be angry. Angry is not a sin. You do realize it says 
And the Bible says, be angry and do what? Sin not. Sin, a lot of you know that. The idea is, our anger is not supposed to be focused on a person, but on the problem. Because anger is an energy. When you focus on the problem, there's something that takes place. When you focus on the person, And he responded to the circumstances. It would have killed him. It would have killed him. So, again, he lived not responding to the circumstances, but responding to God who made the promise. Did you get this? There was a word that was spoken, that was handed down. It's their destiny. It's their inheritance. God gave him dreams spoke to him, part of what rubbed the brothers the wrong way on top of it. And notice that in Psalm 105, and I'm reading this from the Amplified Version instead, it says, until his word, God's word, and his poor brothers came true, until the word of the Lord tried and tested him. The word, that phraseology is refining. So until his word and his poor brothers came true, until the word of the Lord tried and tested him. The word of the Lord refined him. That's what refined Joseph, not the circumstances. The circumstances are not going to refine you. Hello? Hello? Oh, it doesn't kill you. It will make you stronger. Yeah, right. Oh, it doesn't make me harder, not stronger. Wall myself off. I won't let my emotions get hurt like that again. I won't let, I won't let that person offend me like that. I, no, no, no. We just you, you realize what I'm saying. In every circumstance, he responded to God who made promises. So, in every circumstance, as we follow Joseph's life from this kid to being sold as a slave. He saw himself blessed. Please remember that. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're looking at, whatever, and I know it can hurt. I know the tears run down. I know the circumstances and the helplessness and the hopelessness of it all. I'm not denying that stuff, and nor am I telling you to deny it and to live according to maybe some good confession or something. No, 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 no. Understand what we're saying here because he saw himself as blessed. He had a choice to make. You understand that? A valid choice to make. I am either going to see myself as a victim or I'm going to see myself as blessed. You do realize that God never said, I'm going to make you triumphant in every circumstance. Is there anybody here who has been triumphant? <laughs> no. But wherever you find yourself on this planet, friend, I'm here to declare over you, you are blessed. You are never a victim. You are always empowered. And you are being served. Blessed by God. 
you are being stirred strength and life by God Himself. And it's given to you wherever you are. Whoever you deal with, you bless them. Can you imagine Joseph strapped on the side of the camel and gets into the gates of Egypt? There's a guy on a cage who was sold on the marketplace. And, 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 and understand what I say to you where his mind was. Again, he's 17 at this point. I don't know what he was necessarily thinking. But I can tell you that every other thought that came up was met with the Word of God. He said, He would bless me. So there's a, um, there, there's a meaning here. There's, there's a meaning here. And, and God's merit is to bless you. So he clings to that promise. He don't understand why he's where he's at, but he knows that God's meant is to bless not only him, but those all around him. I'll say it again. I said it a little bit ago. I'm going to say it again. I'll probably say it again and again. But let me say it carefully. You never really believe anything until you are faced with contradictions that say you should believe something else. Come out of a service like this and on a Sunday morning, and you just your heart's pumping. I believe, I believe, oh man, God's good. I, 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 and I know, I know what you mean. I agree with you. But the truth is, we don't believe until everything in life seems to say the opposite. That's when you believe. When you might say, as I said before, when the rubber meets the road. I want you to God meant. God meant. And I'm talking about in everything. The brother's going to kill him. And the Holy Spirit gently deals with that through Reuben. And, and then the Ishmaelites. And the idea pops into their head. Let's make a buck and, 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 and tell and, and sell him. And, and so he, he's now on his way to Egypt. And that's where he's, he's got to be. Because if you remember correctly, there is this famine that's coming to the world. Not to a section, but to the world. And in order for mankind to be preserved, and especially the promised one, the blessed ones, that, that he's got to get somebody to the center of the earth, which is Egypt, who's going to come before this guy named Pharaoh, who considers himself a god, and get in his face and say, this is what you've got to do. Before they even get there, the Holy Spirit is working in Potiphar's house to set it up somehow. So that Potiphar, who has it again, he has, he's, he's, he's Pharaoh's uh, secret service guy. I mean, he's the leader. He's the, uh, the head secret, I can't think of the name, but anyways, he's top dog. 
And, and so he's in with Pharaoh all the time. He's around Pharaoh. He's, he's got everything he could possibly want. He has no wants or no needs for anything. But all of a sudden now, there is this, this, this need that is, 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 he needs a slave. Why in the world? And especially right at this moment and right at this time. And God met is to go down there just at the right time as the camels are pulling in and they're unlocking the cages and pulling these people up onto the marketplace on the platform to sell them. And, 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 and as a result, at the right time, part of her servant gets to that marketplace. You're saying, what a coincidence? No. God met. God met. God never interrupts your free will. Do you understand that God never uh, interrupts your free will? But he was what? He's gone to Egypt now. He's got him, you're talking about in the house of Potiphar. And he's meaning, God's meaning for good and blessing. See, what we do is we look at the ugly face of pain, the ugly face of hurt and rejection, and we say to it, you meant evil to me. You meant pain to me. You meant misery to me. You meant futility to me. But, but I choose to believe that God, this very moment, God is meaning this for good. Now, understand, I am not talking denial here. That's the last thing. I am not talking positive convention here. I'm saying that word good here means wholeness, completeness, fulfilling of his intention that is happening before me. I am saying, well, okay, let's get on here. Joseph gets auctioned off like a used car. Okay, wondering if they came up with the tires, that's all I'm asking. They have no they have no idea who's in the house, Father Yes. Because instead of, of, of being a whiny, complaining, angry, seventeen year old, normal. Aren't most seventeen teenagers in the memory? He embraced this situation. Whoa. He embraced it. I thought you're supposed to scream out at God and get, you know, maybe get upset and say, get me out of here, God. I'm not supposed to be here. This is not your will for my life. I can't be God. Get me out of here. And then confess that every day. Because, again, this couldn't be the will of God. This is the devil at work. The devil's at play here. Do you realize as you read those words, that never came up? Joseph was convinced. I wouldn't be here unless there was a meaning and a focus. Oh, does that mess me up? Because we think in, in, in our religious way that, you know, we're not supposed to get hurt, right? Don't hurt me. I don't want pain. No pain. Turn your neighbor and tell them, no pain. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a God, and he's going to rescue me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now that from the 
the reality of this is, is that we, we forget about everybody. This is about me. It's about me. God, get me out of here. But I'll tell you that from the opening of opening pages of the Bible, it isn't get me out of here. It says, I embrace this moment, for it is a place where God has chosen to bless me. Please get this. It says, I embrace this moment, for it is a place where God has chosen to bless me. We don't want God to bless us here. We want God to get us out of here. And I'm here to tell you, wrong. That's the reverse. I want God to get me out of here so I can be blessed out there. No. I am blessed inside the house of Potiphar. Blessed with those shackles on my hands. I believe Paul said the same thing in the New Testament, as a matter of fact. But beyond that, he looks at his fellow slaves as well as Potiphar, knowing inside, I'm here to bless them. I'm here to pray the blessing of God upon Potiphar. What a mindset! What a conviction! Uh, Joseph, he, he's the man who just bought you. He's the one to put shackles on you. And it's not long before Potiphar realizes that there's a slave here who's bringing peace to the entire area. And he's doing the work like nothing I've ever seen before. He's embracing. Not just doing enough. It, it, it's like Joseph saying, give me more opportunity so I can bless them. Give me more to do so I can bless them. Joseph rose quickly. He became the personal assistant of Potiphar. Now, I don't know if you've thought about that before, but what would you have to do to become the personal assistant of Potiphar? Well, first of all, you have to learn the high Egyptian language. Not, not street slang. You'd have to learn how to speak Egyptian because Potiphar was in and out of Pharaoh's court. And, 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 and Joseph would, well, Potiphar would take his assistant slave with him. So Joseph had to speak to the courts of Pharaoh in Egyptian to do the business of his master. And he had to learn how you act in the Egyptian court. From, you know, from a shepherd kid, come on. I don't, I don't know if you've seen this or grabbing this. I just get blown away by the way God works things. I mean, I mean you, I, bottom line, you have the Holy Spirit at work here. Well, we got him from a shepherd to, to Egypt, from Egypt to a man who's closest to Pharaoh than anybody else. And then we call him Egyptian. And the kids don't even know why. He has no clue why he's wearing that, doing what he's doing, learning what he's learning. He's just doing it because I embrace the moment and I recognize I'm blessed. Hello? You still with me? Mm. And then 
wife shows up. And by this time, Joseph's in his early 20s. And, well, have you ever thought about this? He had hair. Honey, thick, probably curly hair. Egyptians shaved their head, especially in the higher classes. So here's this guy with this shiny black hair. And Joseph's well built. And he's got this personality that has taken over the place. She noticed it. She's the master's wife. And the master's wife gets what she wants. So she goes straight for him. Come to bed with me. And he says, I have honor, lady. He said, everything that is in this house that is your husband's, I'm responsible for. He trusts me. I can and can never do this, for I know I live in the presence of God. Well, that, that worked for a while. And then she comes on strong. He had it, trying to explain to her, so he runs out. And as he runs, she grabs his coat. Well, in Egypt, but especially in that higher ruling class, rape was immediately punished by death. There was no court. Rape meant death. So what does she do? She screams out! And people come running from all over the place. And she said, that Hebrew who was brought into our house, he tried to rape me. And, and, and look, I just caught him as cold as, as, as he ran. And when Potiphar hears, now understand we're on the edge here, because we might lose our hero any minute. You have the law here, the way things worked. Potiphar did a weird thing. He didn't have him executed. Why? Well, why not? That's the law. Why should it stay in I don't know. Maybe he knew his wife. But I believe that the Holy Spirit put something into his heart. I don't think he was forced to. He made a choice. God didn't cancel out his free will. He made a choice. He said, I'm not going to kill him. I'll just throw him into jail. Now, now wait a minute. Understand there were two jails in Egypt. You had the jail for the common man. But then there was the jail for those who committed crimes within the royal family. But that's not to say they were better jails. They were just different jails. Those who had committed crimes against the Pharaoh or his highest officers maybe actually had it worse. Potiphar throwing Joseph into jail meant he threw him into a royal jail. It might not, well, honestly, it just looks like a dead end now. All over. Because when Joseph landed there, I mean, feel this. Wouldn't you have been, wouldn't you have been ticked off? I mean, self-pitying, 
victim of that woman. I reached the top. I made it. I was somebody. I was something. And she brought me down. Freed me. I did nothing wrong. The moment he got into jail, same principle. What does he do? I am a blessed man. And God needs to bless this place. He's in jail. God needs to bless this place and to bless everyone in it. I am a blessed man. God needs to bless jail and bless everyone in it. Of course, person in that mindset does rise to the top. You go into an office or you go into a factory, did you bless everybody there? Just, just by being who you are. You're not going in and telling them, you guys got to stop doing that because, uh, you know, you, you, uh, I'm a Christian. I've arrived, I'm here, and, 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 and I said, no, you bless them as they are. You bless them who, who they are, where they are. The result was that part of that, that Joseph changed the atmosphere of the jail. You grab that. The master of the jail, directly under Pharaoh, he notices something here. And what he does is he makes Joseph his assistant. Did you know that they've actually unearthed those jails in the past? And they're literally in such a position. It's written into their artifacts. That's the position that Joseph held. He's over the entire jail now, right under the master, though he's still a slave. But he gets better. Because uh, the cupbearer and the baker of the royal household end up over there right beside him. Someone had tried to poison the pharaoh, and the suspicion of the baker and the cupbearer was who they had suspected. And, and, and you know, a cupbearer is what, what a cupbearer does, right? Uh, you know, before pharaoh drinks anything or before he eats anything, the cupbearer tastes it or he drinks it. Because if it's poison in any way, then, you know, the cupbearer goes, <laughs> and it's over. And the king and the pharaoh's ever go, I don't think I want that today. That's the importance of the cupbearer, but the baker is right after that. Well, they both have dreams, and, 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 and dreams in those days meant a lot. They still mean a lot if we really understood the dream language. That's something I've always been a proponent of, caught on, so forth and so on. I call it God's forgotten language. But you can see within Scripture how they used to interpret dreams, which... Well, that's besides the point. I won't get sidetracked on that. But just enough to say, they meant a lot. And they're both at breakfast, these guys, and they're both looking really sad, right? Because they had a dream, and we don't know what it means. And Joseph said, dreams are from God. I, I know about dreams. He says, I'll, in fact, I'll interpret your dreams. Joseph? Now, to me, naturally speaking, if someone came to Joseph and said, I had a dream, 
Joseph should have said, Dreams? Don't you dare talk to me about dreams. I, 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 you know, it was dreams that got me in this place to begin with. That, that's what I would expect it. Instead, he is still staying, saying, I had a dream that's going to come to pass. God said it. I had a dream that's going to come to pass. So, dreams, he said, come from God. He, he's still trusting God. He's driven by that original promise that was given to Abraham and to the specific promise that was made to him. They told him their dreams. Well, you know the results. The baker was obviously the one that was involved in, in the poisoning, and he was executed, just as Joseph said he would be. But the cupbearer was restored to his position. He was found innocent, according to the dream, and, I'll say it again, it really happened. Now, here, you've got this great day. The carpenter is getting cleaned up. I mean, he's getting shaved, showered, buffed, everything. He's being let out. He's going back to the pharaoh. He's going to be a cup bearer again. And he turns around. He grabs Joseph's hands and he thanks Joseph for giving him such a hope. Joseph said, look, 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 I'm here as a setup, trading. When you get back to Pharaoh, you can talk to him face to face. He said, would you mind telling him about me, please? Remember me. Remember me. Cut there, says to Joseph, oh, Joe. I'll never forget you. I'll get you out of here, Joe. I'll get you out of here. And, and as he was going out through the door, the Holy Spirit said, forget. And he forgot there was a man by the name of Joseph. Why? Remember, Joseph is about 28 here. Why? He sits there waiting. <laughs> Right? And, and, and he's asking, is, is, is he telling him yet? Is he telling him yet? And he's waiting. Nada. You see, if the man had remembered at that time, then Pharaoh probably would have released him at the word of the cupbearer. But what would have happened? Joseph would have gone out into the streets. He's a free criminal. Free criminal. Where's he going to go? What's he going to do? Who, who knows? He's free, but he's going nowhere. And he would just drift it off into whatever. But instead, for two, two, four years, Joseph embraced even the rejection, being forgotten. Say it again. We need to hear. He embraced. He embraced. He embraced it. He said, I am a blessed man. No one can take that from me. No one. No circumstance. No situation. No ache. No pain. No whatever. I am a blessed man. I am. If God 
himself has blessed me. I mean, he has, he has given me a dream of greatness. I don't know. I don't know where it all fits in. But, then you got meanwhile back at the tower. After 28 years, Pharaoh has a dream. One might call it a nightmare. Somehow, whatever, it terrified him. Seven fat cows that were suddenly eaten by seven skinny cows. Now, you know, as to get into that, describe stuff, it, it's, it's, it's horrible, but I'm not going to get into the details. It was horrible because the dreams spoke to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh knew this is trouble. I don't know what it means, but I can tell you straight up, something's wrong. So he calls in all his wise men who were to interpret dreams, and they didn't know what it meant. Pharaoh's raging at them. The cup there is coming in with a cup of wine, and he hears the king going off at the wise men. And all of a sudden, that tree. Oh, wait! And the Holy Spirit said, Remember that Joseph. I forgot all about my goodness. I forgot all about it. He, he said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I know a man. And Pharaoh said, Well, bring him to me. Do you realize everything that God had said, his word, his purpose, his destiny, at this point now, it's done. Do you realize it says that down in the jail, they had to bathe Joseph. Can you imagine what Joseph looked like by this time? I mean, he hadn't been, they hadn't given him a bath in over two years. His beard was all the way down to who knows where. His hair was just, it wasn't so shiny and glossy right now, like I said. That was, so, so, so they gave him a big bath and, 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 and so forth. The king, they bring him to Pharaoh. Listen, for me, this is huge. If he had not been with Pharaoh before, he wouldn't know what is going on. He's got experience. He'd have been terrified looking at everything coming in had he not been with Pharaoh before. Instead, he walks in with a confidence. Don't underestimate what God's doing in your life right now. Joseph knows his way around the palace. He's, he's been here as a slave. And, and, he can speak Egyptian. And not just some, you know, street slang or, or slave or, or jail Egyptian. He is speaking high Egyptian. This is Palace Egyptian language. The king tells him his dream, and Joseph said, God is the interpreter of dreams. He said, We are on the verge of seven years of such harvest, such harvest that you've never ever seen before. But, he said, that will be followed by seven years of a famine that will eat up the harvest that you've never dreamed possible. He said, you mean, I do realize this in the face of Pharaoh. He's telling him, this is what you got to do. 
Seven years, they hoarded all the grain until there wasn't any granaries left that they could fill. And then Joseph organized it so that now there's grain for everybody for the next seven years of famine. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, where the brothers had long ago gotten rid of Joseph, they're they're hungry. <laughs> they're out of food. They're on the edge of starvation. They said, we've heard that in Egypt there's, there's great grain in abundance. And, and there's some mighty Egyptian there that has it all under control. Jacob says, well, get us some grain. Now, can you imagine when those brothers walk into that court? There's this man who looks every bit an Egyptian who spoke Egyptian and needed an interpreter for him. He had ordered them to come because he had heard the brothers had come from the land of the Hebrews. So they come, and what do they do when they come? They bow before him. Is, is your father still alive? And so on and so on and so on. Essentially, he wants to know, how do you treat? I know, I know what you did to me. He's saying to himself, you dumped me. Are you still in the dumping business? Now, remember, he wanted to know about Benjamin, his younger brother. What are you doing with him? How are you treating him? Bring him here. I want to see him. They don't have a clue who this guy is. They're just terrified of him because he's the master of Egypt. So they go back. Jacob says, are you out of your mind? You're not taking Benjamin. I lost my Joseph. I'm not going to lose Benjamin as well. 
And until the brothers come and say, we're starving to death, kill us if we don't bring Benjamin back. So, ben, so Jacob relinquishes Benjamin, and, 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 and they take him back. And, and we don't have time to get into you know, all of this. Please just read the story. But finally, Joseph can hold it back no more. He's on the verge of tears. And he orders all of his servants out. Interpreter, everybody. And to their horror, he begins to speak to them in Hebrew. Now he speaks Hebrew and he says these, these words. I'm Joseph. Joseph had brought the whole family down to Egypt. That, that, that's what got them into Egypt, obviously. Jacob dies. And then the brothers are really terrified. They said, now that father is dead, he won't kill us. He just he won't kill us. That's when he said what we've read here in chapter 50. He said, please. And he wept. He said, do you think I'm God. I'm going to start dishing out punishment to you. He said, yeah, absolutely. You did mean it for evil. 
but I tell you again, God meant it for good. The good that has affected the entire world. He says, I'm not, I not only forgive you, but I am going to give you total support. I will pay your bills. I'll look after you. Understand something. That is such a principle. It's not just a story, please. That's a principle. For when the blessing of Abraham came in the one person of Jesus, came in the one person. Do, 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 do you remember how it worked out? You had these wicked men who said to Jesus, will kill you. But in killing him and shedding his blood, they brought salvation to themselves. Whoa. You meant it for evil. But God said, this, this is my plan of salvation. That you killed him. And in killing him, you brought salvation. Oh, hello, somebody. No wonder he said, Father, forgive them. They don't have a clue about what they're doing. Any more than he than the brothers knew what they were doing when it came to Joseph. In in his resurrection, he did save them. Realize this is a principle. Take this and apply it to your life. To your situations, to your home, to your relationships, to your job. What we go through, God doesn't make it happen. It's not about God allowing it. He is doing a dance with you. And you see yourself dancing with God. I'm not talking about the good times, I'm talking about in that jail. That dark jail where it's hopeless and there is no end inside of me. You know why he's dancing with you? Because he's meaning blessing. He's meaning blessing. God meant it for good. Blessing. Let that word try you, test you, refine you. And and, and 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 remember you're responding. So you don't respond to the circumstances. I respond to that word. I am blessed. Huh. That word then. I bless you as I have been blessed. And trust me, see what God does. See what God does. Would you bow your heads with me? I'm just going to speak right at you with your heads bowed for a second. You're between you and God. Joseph, no matter what situation he was in, he changed the atmosphere of that place. Why? Because he was blessed. He couldn't take it from it. He didn't argue with his head. He 
this morning are looking for God to do something. He should have done something. He should have done anything. He should have stopped it. It never should have been allowed in the first place. Yeah. It was meant for evil. But I'm here to declare to you, God means it for good. Oh, complete Moses. You are blessed. And, and, and remember that he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fill you or give you up nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless nor forsake nor let you down, relaxing that hold on you, assuring 